Exodus chapter 20, verse 24. Exodus chapter 20, verse 24. Where's my piano man? Come on, brother. Exodus 20, 24. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, he appreciates me. Now look this way if you got it this morning and put a big old smile on your face. Come on, everybody, everybody, everybody. I'm going to look around and see if you're smiling. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. Bring, make us come alive today, Father. Shake us loose in here this morning. I thank you for the anointing that's already been released in this place. And Lord, I pray right now, Father, that whatever need is in here today, it's going to be met and even once in here because you have met every need according to your riches and glory. So, Lord, I love you and I praise you today. And I thank you, Father, that what's been preached today will be demonstrated. Somebody say demonstrated. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Exodus 20, 24. By the way, before I start real quick, was that not awesome up there? All those young people singing for Jesus. Can we just give God some praise for that? Come on. Come on. That is awesome. Hallelujah. Some of y'all saying, what you talking about? You young. What you talking about? Exodus 20, 24. It says, the altar of earth you shall make unto me. And you shall sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen. In all places where I, have record, where I record my name, I will come unto thee and I will bless thee. Where will the Lord meet you? Somebody say it with me, the altar. So let's say it one more time. Where will the Lord meet you? The altar. I, 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 I'm just in a place right now where I can't feel God. I don't feel Him moving in my life. I just I can't hear His voice. Where can I grab a hold of God? He said, meet me at the altar. Oh, man, I can stop right there and preach a little mini message. Why? Because, you see, when you come to the altar, that means you got to get out of yourself. Let me go on before I get in trouble. 24, he said, I will I record my name. I will come unto thee and I will bless thee. Where? Right there at the altar. Verse 25, and you, and if thou will make me an altar of stone... You shall not build it of huge stone. Somebody said stone that's been touched. For if you lift up thy tool upon it, you have polluted it. I love that little verse right there. You want to know why? Because this lets me know that what God's going to do in your life, you got nothing to do with it. You can't take the glory from it. You can't take the praise from it. That when God has perfected His plan in your life, you're going to have to say, let, let me tell you something. It was by Him alone. He done it all by Himself. It was beyond me. It was beyond my capacity. It was beyond my degrees or anything that I could achieve. So He says, I want you to pick a place where you can come to meet me where that's not been polluted by you. In other words, get out of yourself. Come out of your ways. Come out of your thinking. Come out of your, your theories and just meet me at a place where I can bless you, where I can reach you, where I can talk to you. This morning, I'm going uh, to uh, preach a message today about the altar. Why don't we come back to the altar? 
Let me, let me let you in on something. Some of you in here, you're up in age now by numbers. Did you see that? Y'all caught that, didn't you? By numbers only, right? The Bible says he'll renew your strength like the, what? He'll renew your youth. So it, you, if somebody tells you you're old, you say, I'm just old in numbers. Come on now. But some of you remember how church used to be. You say, what are you saying? You remember how everybody would come to the altar? You didn't have to try to beg people. I remember, watch this, I remember people would come to the altar. And I'm not very old, I'm 30 years old. And I remember that people would come to the altar before service even started. How many remembers that? Why? Because they realized that they had to grab a hold of God. You see, we've come to the place in society that we think we don't need God to fix our problems anymore. We don't need God to fix our troubles. We've got this over here and that over there. We, don't, we can handle it on our own. But let me tell you something. That's the most dangerous place you can be in is where you think you no longer need God. I realize you've been saved for 20, 30 years. But let me tell you something. You still need God today just as much as you did when you first got saved. And see, the great thing about the altar is it keeps you grounded. How many knows what I'm talking about? It keeps you grounded. It keeps you in a sound mind. In other words, it keeps you in a place where you think you're not all that in a bag of potato chips. Come on. When you think you don't got it all made, that you don't have it all flowing in your life, but you realize that you've got to be dependent upon God. You've got to be ever seeking Him and ever thirsting for Him. Why? Because I never want to lose Him. We've got everything in the church now. We've got the entertainment. We've got all these things. But one thing we left behind... It's we've left the altar. You can walk out of here today and say you're crazy, but let me tell you something. I'm preaching truth to you. We've left the altar. What does that mean? I'm not just talking about a place of wood or something, whatever, where you just kneel down. I'm talking about a place of surrendering. I'm talking about a place of humbleness. I'm talking about a place where people say, I want God to clean me up. I want God to perfect me. I'm not satisfied with where I am. I know He loves me where I am, but He also loves me not to keep me where I am. Somebody better giving some praise this morning see the altar pulls that out of you it could be here it could be in your workshop it could be out in the wood I don't care where it is a place where you go and you meet God and just say God I need you today you say well, well is anything going wrong why does, happens, why does something have to be going wrong to need God Come on. See, that's what the world does. When tragedy hits, they want the church to get up and pray for them. Come on. They want the church. Why aren't you praying for us? Why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you? But when things are good, they don't want to come to pray. They don't want your prayers. They don't want your blessing. But let me tell you something. There's a people out there that says, I want God. Is there anybody in here this morning that says, I want the Lord? I want Him in here. I'm hungry for Him. I'm thirsty for Him. 
Why do we need an altar? Write this down. To sacrifice everything we are and have to God. Ooh. Now see, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. Because you don't, you don't preach about sacrifice in church today. You don't preach about it. You don't talk about it. Why? Because if you do, you start having to put people out of their comfort zone. I don't want to go to church where you got to tell me that I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Oh, come on, church. I don't want to go to a place where you're telling me that God wants more out of me just to warm the seat on Sunday. That God wants, He has a purpose and a plan for my life. I don't want to go to a place where they say you have to clean up your life because be ye holy, for I am holy. Sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. Go to Hebrews 13. Look at this right here. It says, by him therefore let us offer what? A sacrifice of praise to God. How much? How much? Not just when I feel like it. Not just when I feel goosebumps. Mm. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving what? Thanks to his name. We don't have a physical altar now. Do we? In church, this is just a place where we come up here and we meet God at. It, you could be kneeling down at the chair. It don't make no difference. What is it? It's a place of surrendering. It's a place where you let go of yourself and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. It's just me. There's times I'll go before God and I'll say, God, I have nothing to offer you but myself. That's all I got. But you know, that's what he gave everything up for. Y'all should have shouted right there. He gave everything up just for you. Not your money. Not your title. Not your degrees. Not anything else. Not what you could give him. There ain't enough things you can give him. But he gave up everything just to get you. So when you say, God, all I have is myself, God said, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want you. That's why I died for you, well, so I could get you. So we offer up what? A sacrifice of praise. How many knows that sometimes praise is a sacrifice? Oh, I know you can come in here in your Sunday best when nothing's hitting you. What about when it seems like everything is broke loose in your life? <laughs> How many knows there's been times you've praised God like this? Then there's been other times you've praised God with tears running down your face. That's the sacrifice of praise. God, I don't understand, but I'm still going to praise you. I don't understand why this is happening, but I'm still going to bless you. People are talking about me saying, well, if I really had God, I wouldn't be going through this. But I'm still going to lift my hands and I'm going to praise you. And here at this altar, I'm going to offer up a sacrifice of myself. I'm going to offer up myself to you. Because let me tell you something. That's what God's trying to kill in your life. God gets so-and-so out of my life. No. I'm going to keep so-and-so there till you die to self. <laughs> Woo! 
Lord, I, I, want, I need some patience. He's going to send you patience. It could be a man or a woman, either one. He's going to send you patience. God, if you just get so-and-so out of my life, I could have patience. No. Come on. People still going to be pulling out in front of you? Look at some of them. That's not the time to raise your hand. <laughs> Sometimes it's a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, he told, he said, offer up the sheep, the ox. Offer up all these different things, your peace offerings. But you know what it is today? Yourself. Yourself. Guess what, church? There's a million different other places you could be at right now, but you chose to be here. I guarantee your flesh is saying, let's go to church this morning. No. Your flesh didn't do that. When your favorite TV show came on, your flesh didn't say, let's get deep in the Word. Come on, let's get deep in it. No. Your flesh didn't do that. But what'd you do? You sacrificed. Amen? You're learning how to say no to your flesh. Let me tell you something. It's very hard to say no to your flesh when you've not been at the altar. Oh, Jesus. Let me go on. Genesis 12, 7. It says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed I will give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Do you see that right there? That God gave him a promise at the altar. At a place where he met God. And because, listen, where did Abram find faith? Where did he find faith? He found faith when he met God. Or in other words, write this down, when he met faith himself. Oh. oh, I'm just having such a hard time trusting God right now. I'm just having such a hard time believing him. It just, I just, it's just hard for me to, to just keep going, to keep pushing. Because let me tell you something. You've been from the altar too long. You've been away from it too long. Let me tell you something, church. There's times that even this boy says, how's this going to happen? I don't see how it's going to happen, but let me tell you something. When I get off to myself, somebody say the altar. When I get off to myself and I just spend time with faith, faith himself, let me tell you something. You can't hang around God and be doubting. It's not, you can't hang around God and stay depressed. You cannot hang around God and stay sick or defeated or broken. You can't do it because He is faith Himself. He said, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. So let me tell you what God, when I come to God, I say, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it. God begins to encourage me. Oh, come on. He begins to encourage me. You ever notice when, when, when you talk about how not blessed you are, God's talking about how blessed you are? And you over here saying, Lord, Jesus, do you, have you not seen my bank account? Come on. But see, God's not dealing with where you are. He's dealing with where you're going. Are you hearing me? 
come on now. He didn't have a child right there. But when he, oh, come on, somebody. God is not dealing with where you are. He's dealing with where you are going. That's why he can call you blessed. That's why he can call you healed. That's why he can call you delivered this morning. Because as he speaks it, it is. And at the altar, that's where I find my faith again. At the altar. You say, people say, you remember when you got saved? Yeah, I got saved. There in the church. No, you got saved at an altar place. And I'm not just talking about up here. I'm not talking about a physical place. I'm talking about the place where you met God. You met love himself. That said, I don't care what you did. God Almighty. Don't care what you did. I don't care what people says you are. I can take it all away today. I can wipe you clean today. I can wash you clean. You'll be whiter than snow. You'll be pure, you'll be holy, you'll be righteous. And what did it cause you to do? It caused you to believe it. Why? Because you finally had somebody tell you where you were going. You know what, watch this right here. You know why so many people are not delivered in church today? Because we have programs. No, let me tell you why so many people are not set free today. Because so many churches tell people where they are. You're a drug addict. You're, gonna, you're an alcoholic. You're this, you're that. I don't need you to tell me where I am. Come on. I don't need you to, I don't need you to tell me the problem. I know the problem that I'm in. I know what I'm struggling with. I need you to show me how to get out of it and how to stay out of it. I need you to show me how to get free and how to stay free. How to get healed and how to stay healed. Woo! If you show me where I'm going, I'll follow you. How many ever wondered why they followed Jesus? How many ever wondered that? Maybe some of you just said, well, because he's Jesus. No, let's go deeper. Why? Did they follow Jesus? How could he walk up to them and say, leave what you got and follow me? And they just went, okay. How? Because you don't know why? He didn't show them where they were. He showed them where they were going. Are you listening to me? He said, I'll make you fishers of men. I ain't dealing with the fish right now. I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about souls. I'm going to make you fishers of... Somebody say the altar. Lord have mercy. Where do I find my faith? At the altar. Brother Robbie, how do you have so much faith? Because I stay in his face. I got to. You know the things that God has told me to believe him for is just absolutely crazy. Some of you heard the vision I told you at the dinner. And I know some of you probably thought, this boy's done lost his mind. But I know what God said. So I have to stay in his face. Why? Because the, the longer I stay away from the altar, the more I get in myself, 
and begin to doubt it. Mm. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, this is good. I'm going to buy this tape myself. Galatians 5. And they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. You see all that I just read to you? It's running rampant in the church today. You want to know why? Because we threw out the altar. We threw out the place of dying to self. Now it's just fulfill your destiny. Well, church, the only way you fulfill your destiny is if you die to your will. Does God have a destiny for me? Absolutely. But it's going to, have to, it's going to take me having to die to myself. Are you listening to me? Somebody say it's a process. Some of you wonder why God promised you something today and all hell broke loose tomorrow. Let me tell you why. Because you were not there at the place to receive what God promised you. But make no mistake about it. God will take you to the place where you're ready to have it and then He's going to give it to you. Somebody give Him praise if you know what I'm talking about. So what does He mean right here? So many times we scream out, I want more of God, I want more of God, I want more of God. When the Bible says, I'm going to get some of you, when the Bible says we have the fullness of Him already in us. So what's the problem? I'll tell you what the problem is. While we're over here screaming, I want more of God, God says, I want more of you. I want more of you. I've given you all of my spirit. I've given you my power. I've given you the authority, the dominion. Everything that Adam lost, I gave it back to you. So what's the problem? The problem is we're still hanging on to ourselves. We're still hanging on to our passion, our dreams, our vision. Instead of saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? Let me tell you who's dangerous. It ain't somebody over here speaking in tongues and shouting and going crazy. Let me tell you who's dangerous. Somebody who's dangerous is somebody who's filled with the Holy Ghost that says, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to say? What, you want me to say something, I'll say it. You want me to do something, I'll do it. That's a dangerous man or woman of God. Why? Because you're being led by the Spirit. You're not trying to lead the Spirit. Oh, come on. That's how you can speak in tongues for one moment and then tell somebody off the next. Let me get off that. <laughs> somebody say, in him. The Greek word here, if we live in the spirit, is zao. Z-A-O, zao. What does it mean? It means, watch this, actuated, made to act a certain way. So you're going to tell me you're living in the Spirit, but you still walk like the world, talk like the world, dress like the world, hang out at the club like the world? I'm telling you what the Bible said. 
old school. No, I'm Bible. Watch what, watch what the Bible says. The Bible says you will act a certain way. How many has how been filled with the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. How many remembers you just wanted to love on everybody? I mean, you just, you just hugged everybody. You didn't even know him. You just hugged him. I just love you. Come on. Some of you were there that night. How many was there when I got filled? Some of you? Come on. I was acting crazy. I mean, it was like three hours long. Church had already ended. And I was still going. Hugging people left and right. Why? Because I just felt so much love, I couldn't contain it. I said, my God, what is this? And I remember asking Michael back there, I said, Michael, how do you know when you received it? How do you know? He just said, oh, you'll know. And then he was there that night. I remember at the end, he came up and I hugged him too. I had to hug him too. He said, see, I told you so. You act a certain way. There's a difference in you. Let me tell you something. This whole, this whole notion, I came up here and I received Christ and there wasn't no tears. Oh, come on. You're going to cry. I don't care who you are. You are going to cry. When you realize what God did for you, I don't care if you're the toughest man on the planet, you're going to cry. Because you realize what he'd done for you. When you wasn't worthy, when you were nasty, when you were jacked up, when you realized what he did for you, he'd done it anyway. When you realized that if you was the only one, he still would have done it. Oh, my God, tears fly down your face, and it changes you. When we live in the Spirit, we no longer want to act like the world. I'm sorry, but this whole New Age philosophy that I can hold on to as much of the world and still say I have Jesus is a bunch of garbage. It's trash. Let me tell you, you should be so possessed with the Spirit, so filled with God on the inside of you that people come up to you and say, whatever you got, I want it. Is it a drink? Is it a smoke? No, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Come on, somebody. We act a certain way. So, oh, so hold on a minute. Well, it tells me to live in the Spirit, but it says if we live in the Spirit, Zao, let us also what? Walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? Is there a difference? Yes, there's a difference. The Greek word for walk there is stoicho. What does it mean? Write this down. A strict stride to walk in, to keep in step with the Spirit. Do you know what that means? Come up here, Stevie. Come on, come quick. Stevie's all my demonstration. Come on. Watch this, watch this. We're going to let Stevie be the spirit. All right? All right. Now you just start walking. Whichever way you go, I'm going. You see, I'm matching his steps. I'm matching his steps. He's trying to keep me on my toes. I'm matching his steps. And let me tell you something. God will keep you on your toes. But see, here's what I don't do. While he's walking, I don't say, oh, glory to God. And I passed him up. Because you can get in trouble when you pass him up. 
When you try to make things happen before it's time to happen, it can mess you up. But also, as he's walking, also don't think, well, you know, hold on. I want this right here. The spirit zone went on that way. He's living in me. He's in you right now. But that don't mean you're walking in him. That don't mean you're walking step by step with him. That don't mean that if he goes to the right, you're going to go to the right with him. That don't mean if he wants you to go to this church, you're going to go to that church and not where you want to go. Amen. Go ahead and sit down. To be step by step, a strict stride to walk in. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't do that without an altar. You want to know why? Because watch this. The Bible says that the carnal mind is enmity to God. Can't walk together. God says, if you love the world, you hate me. Woo! I didn't say hate people. I said the world, the things of the world. Don't you be so holy that you can't reach down and pull somebody out. Somebody better talk to me. But you're going to want what... See, here's what I found out, church, that when I got into his presence, I wanted what he wanted. What hurt him began to hurt me. What bothered him began to bother me. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw you down in here today. I'm just telling you something. that things, Something happens when you come to the altar. Something happens when you have a place where just you and God meet every day. And you just spend time with him in fellowship. Something happens. Let me tell you what happens. You can't hang around him and not become like him. This right here, what I just showed you, is our spiritual altar. Somebody say spiritual altar. Matthew 6, 6. It says, but thou, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father which is in secret. And your Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee, what? Openly. In the New Testament, this is now our place of altar. I told you that in, in the Hebrew, they would take that prayer shawl and they would pull it over their head. And it would be as if a closet. To shut them off from the world and just seek the face of God. I'm telling you, church, I, I love church. How many knows that? I love church. I love to be with every single one of you. But there is nothing that takes the place with that one-on-one. Nothing. When you're just alone with God. And He pours His love out on you and you pour your love out on Him. That's what's missing in the church. You see, the, see, the church back in the day, they, they had the altar. And you notice they had the miracles too. Come on. They had the miracles. They had the healings. They had the signs and the wonders. You want to know why? Because they were not in their self. Let me move on. Genesis 35. Read this right here. 
It says, And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go into Bethel, and dwell there, and make there what? An altar unto God, that appeared unto thee when you fled from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him. Go on to the next one. Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments, and let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress. Oh, come on, somebody. And was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all their strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shedem. You said, why'd you read all that? Did you see what happened? One thing I found out is that when people go through trouble, if they're not careful, they'll begin to stray away from God. Why? Because they've become so hardened. Because things are coming at them left and right. So used to problems arising that they harden themselves and they begin to drift away from God. What used to move you to tears don't move you at all. And God says to Jacob, he says, listen, it's time to get back on track. Make me an altar where I can come to you. And you know what happened? When Jacob made an altar, you know what it reminded him? It reminded him of what God did in his past. See, some of you can't praise anymore because you forgot where God brought you from. Some of you, you can't shout no more because you forgot how God set you free. Some of you can't give God your best, your, the first place in your life because you forgot how God delivered you when everybody else gave up on you. But if you'll build an altar today and it will begin to remind you of what God did in your life, and it will draw you back to the place where you need to be. Why is it, church, that we need the altar today? Let me tell you why. To keep us at a place where we need to be. And the good news is that if you've strayed away today, if you've become slack in your prayer and in your study time and in your seeking of the Lord's faith, if you become slack on that today, here's the good news. You can build an altar that means you could go to a place and say, God, here I am. Take me back to that place of my first love. Take me back to that place where I only long for you, where I only hunger for you. Take me back to that place where I couldn't wait to get back in the Word and study again. Take me back to that place where I got early, ready for church 30 minutes early just because I couldn't wait to see what you were going to do today. Take me back. Because now that I've built an altar, I, I, I'm reminded of what God did for me. See, that's why you cried when you got saved. Because He delivered you from your distress. It reminds you of what God did for you. You've heard me say this before, I'll say it again. Never lose your testimony. 
Never lose it. What do you mean? I got to go around and say my testimony? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you, don't forget it. Don't forget how God delivered you that time. Don't forget how he moved in that situation that you know if he hadn't moved, it was going to take you out. Don't forget your testimony. Because when you forget your testimony, you forget God. Come on. You forget God. I don't need to go to church today. I've got it all together. I love the Lord and the Lord loves me. It's the little things here and there. Oh, I've read the Bible two or three times through. I don't need to read today. You know, the Lord knows I've got a lot going on. I've got so much. That. I've got school, kids, sports, you name it. Y'all thought I was getting ready to rap, didn't you? I've got so much going on. The Lord understands if I can't spend time with Him today. Jesus said, it's the little foxes that spoil the den. Them little bitty decisions that you make turn into something big. I don't care how far God takes me. This is what I tell Him all the time. And if I'm lying, then let Him strike me dead right now. I tell Him all the time. I say, Lord, I don't care how far you take me. This is when I'm alone with Him. I said, I don't, I don't care where I go. I've always got to have this. I can't go without this. Have you become addicted to Jesus? What are, you, what are you saying? You know, there's people in our life that we can't go a day without seeing them or just talking to them, isn't there? Some of you, it's your husband or your wife. Some of you, it's your kids. Some of you, it's, it's somebody, I don't know who it is, but watch this. It ought to be that way with God. Hey, it's been good hanging out with you, but I got to go spend some time with God. Can he really be that real to me? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. At the altar. We read about these patriarchs, how they believed God in impossible situations. You want to know how? Because you read every one of them built an altar. Every one of them. You say, oh, but that was, the, that was the law. Guess what? The law wasn't around yet. So what you got to say? The law didn't come till Moses. They built an altar because they realized they needed God. They had to have Him. That if God didn't do it, there was no way it was going to happen. I pray today that we as a church, we get back to the altar. And when we come in here and praise and worship, it's not just some ritual we do and we clap our hands and raise. No, but we pour our hearts out to God. That's worship. It's not the song. It's not this. It's not that. It, it's pouring your heart out to God. And say, God, here I am. I give every bit of me unto you. That song by William McDowell, I give myself away. I give myself away. So you can use me. You know what God wants? 
He doesn't just want a sacrifice. Write this down, though. He wants a willing sacrifice. See, we wouldn't be preaching about Jesus today if somebody took his life. Oh, it was the Romans. It was the Jews. It was, it was this and that. No, let me tell you who it was. It was he himself. No man takes my life. I lay it down freely. A willing sacrifice. When they sacrificed the lamb, the lamb never made a sound. It didn't fight back. Jesus didn't fight back. He said, here I am. What drove the nails in his hands? Love. Y'all see, I'm being ready to cry. What drove, what drove, what took the stripes on his back? Love did it. What made him suffer on that cross for hours? Love did. Not the Romans, not the Sadducees, the Pharisees. Love did it. Do you know why I have an altar today? Because God told me to, no. I have an altar because I love Him. Why do I spend time with Him every day? Because I love Him. It's a no-brainer. Come on. Why do you go home to your spouse every day? Because you love them. Come on. Y'all starting to scare me a little bit. Some of you are grudgingly. <laughs> you know, I took a vow on that moment. <laughs> I got one more scripture. I'm going to let you go. 2 Samuel. Read this right here. And Gad came unto David and said unto him, Go up, rear up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. And Arana looked and saw the king. And his servants coming toward him. And Arana went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Arana said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Arana said unto David, let my Lord the King take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be the oxen for burnt sacrifice and the threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. And all these things did Aaron as the King give unto the all these things as King I'll give unto you. And Aaron said unto the King, Thy Lord, the Lord thy God, accept thee. Now watch this right here. And the King and David said unto Aaron, Nay, I will but surely buy it unto thee at a price. Somebody say it costs something. Neither will I offer a burnt offering unto the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor, oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. Did you hear what David said? See, we talk about how we're doing things for God and it don't cost us anything. That's not an altar.
you're not sacrificing. But you see, when, when it costs you something, and make no mistake about it, church, sometimes it'll cost you to trust God. Oh, come on. It'll, it'll cost you friends. There'll be people in your life that says, I can't handle your vision, and they got to go. You let them go. There'll be people in your life that says, I can't hang around. I can't believe this. I can't do this. You're crazy because I'm not, I've got to believe God. And you'll have people walk out on you, but let them walk. You'll have, you might lose things in your life. There might be a deal that looks so good, sounds good, tastes good, but it ain't God. Let it go. Oh, but that cost me a bunch of money. But if God's not in it, come on, church. What, what's happening here? Watch this. So that here, here the, the owner of the land says, listen, you're the king. I'll just give this to you. And David had a pattern in his life on, on oftentimes, every single time when trouble would come, he would try to depend on people instead of God. Depend on Jonathan. Depend on other people. And he got in trouble because he was depending on his army instead of trusting in God. But watch this right here. David learned his lesson. You know what he said? He said, uh-uh, you ain't taking this one from me. I'm not going to depend on people anymore. If I get this land right if I get this threshing floor... It's going to be that I bought it with a price. It's going to cost me something. Because every sacrifice is only as powerful as what it took to get it. Are you listening to me? See, when we have an altar, we understand sacrifice. What do I mean by that? When I came here and I knelt here at this altar and I gave myself unto God, I understood something, that salvation was not free. Uh, oh, salvation's free. No, it's not. You just didn't pay for it. But it cost somebody something. One day the government will realize that. Somebody talk to me. Oh, it's free. No, it ain't free. Salvation was not free. But you see, when I have an altar, I realize the cost. See, David realized, see, he never made that mistake again. Are you listening to me? He didn't make that mistake again. When he realized what it cost. What did it cost God to get you back? Everything. Somebody say everything. The altar makes you realize the cost. So watch this. The things I have in God today, you realize it cost me something? <laughs> Brother, sister, so and so, the reason why they got this done. No, let me tell you something. The reason why they got what they got is because it cost them something. Are you listening to me? The anointing. How many loves the anointing? Oh, don't you love the power of God? Let me tell you something. It costs you something. It costs you. 
the anointing that I operate in my life today, it cost me something. You say, what it cost? It cost me tears. It cost me brokenness. It taught me, it, it cost me being crushed. Let me tell you something. It caught, sometimes I'd go and preach and I'd go home and just cry my eyes out just because I was so broken. It cost me something. But let me tell you something. Because I realized the cost, I appreciate it. Are you hearing me? See, when, uh, when you have to buy something, you realize and begin to appreciate it, don't you? But when so-and-so bought it for you, you don't really realize the cost. Oh, you cherish this anointing. You cherish the... See, watch this. I have something with God that you cannot buy. You know what a great feeling that is? You can't buy You ain't got enough money to buy it. You don't have enough prestige or clout to buy it. Or to gain it. I have, I, it's such a great feeling, church, that I have something that nobody can take away from us. No trial, no trouble. No, Come on, somebody got to shout it here this morning. You have something that the enemy can never take from you unless you decide to walk away from it. But I encourage you today, don't walk away from the altar. Don't walk away. I'll not offer up to God something that doesn't cost me anything. I call that the David principle. You can write that down. The David principle. What's the David principle? I'll not offer God anything that doesn't cost me something. Sometimes, church, it costs me to come to church. It does. Are there times you don't feel like coming to church? But do I come anyway? Yeah. Sacrifice and there's times I don't feel like worshiping. Come on. There's times I don't feel like praising. There's times I just say, Lord, wouldn't it be easier just to do this right here? And God says, no. And I go anyway. Somebody say the altar. This morning, stand to your feet. Glory to God.